The News on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. This is, Julie, a very important day in our history. And we should all be celebrating it. As uh, one of the the local representatives says, we should be celebrating everything. And our next guest will certainly help us mark some of the ways that we can all remember the day. It's National Indigenous Peoples Day. Joining us live on 680 CJOB is Kevin Chief. Good afternoon and thanks for joining us. Thank you, uh, Julie and Richard, for having me on today. Hey, what have well, you been doing today, by the way? To mark the day. Happy uh, happy day to you. Uh, well, thank you. You know, it's been uh, it's been a very busy day. It's been lots of good stuff, though. I started my day off at uh, Niganan Centre. There was a, a graduation for the Centre for Aboriginal Human Resource Development, known as the Aboriginal Community Campus. So many adult learners are getting their grade 12 diplomas. So that started off in the morning. And then from there, I put on my uh, my jigging shoes and I went and danced at uh, City Hall in the rain. Had the had the mayor out and uh, Councillor Rollins was out with our dance troupe. Um, it's always fun to dance in the rain. And we just left uh, Mount Carmel Clinic in the North End, and there was uh, our people there that just do such incredible work for our community. So it was a real joy to to celebrate National Indigenous Peoples Day with them and. Uh, I literally just got to Selkirk, Manitoba, and we're about to do a performance here as well. So pretty, pretty exciting day. Lots of fun. How important is it that that settlers take part in these events as well? And and maybe for the first time ever have the opportunity to watch a powwow or to watch a, a cultural event or a display or speak to an elder. Oh, it's it's. You know, I would really encourage people to do it, both Indigenous and, of course, non-Indigenous. You can't talk about the history of Canada, and you certainly can't talk about the history of Manitoba without talking about that unique relationship with First Nation, Métis, and Inuit people. And so whether you're Indigenous or non-Indigenous, this is as much of your history and heritage as it is mine. And we can't tell people things are important we, we have to show people, and I really believe that we are at our best when we celebrate, when we celebrate our collective history, when we celebrate um, our collective heritage. And National Indigenous Peoples Day um, is a day to celebrate the successes and the achievements and the resiliency of both the Indigenous and non-Indigenous people coming together and taking time to reflect in that way through music, through songs, through dance, through our stories, uh, led by Indigenous people, Indigenous artists and performers and young people, is a fantastic way to do that. And it's an, it's an unbelievable way to learn. And I'm, uh, a day like today, I, I could just tell you I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that the, uh, the people that we we get to perform for and be part of are both Indigenous and non-Indigenous people, and it's it's um, it's wonderful. With Kevin Chief on 680 CJOB on a day like today, who are you thinking about? You know, my dad. I, I often think about my dad. You know, my dad is uh, my dad passed away. He raised me as a single father. He'd be 93. He's a residential school survivor. And my, my dance team uh, in the Indigenous community, we have a square dance team, and it's often named after a, an elder. And my, my dance team was named after my late father. The, we're called the Norman Chief. 
memorial dancers. And he used to play a lot of old time country music, Hank Williams, lots of lots of gospel music. And I wish that when I when I'm when I'm performing on a day like today or I'm out and about, I wish my dad could see the amount of support, um, solidarity. And I wish you could see like just the joy that that so many people have with the the beauty and the strength of, of indigenous culture. I, I know for a fact that it would make him um, so proud. And I, I think about all the the elders out there for a big part of their life. They weren't able to share the strength and beauty of these stories and talk about this place, our place, our home, Manitoba. And to get that opportunity to do that and to get to see that exemplified through their children and grandchildren, uh, you know, you, you can't help but be grateful. And for the, all the people out there that are taking the time to put on these events, for for you, Richard, for you, Julie, just taking a, a moment today just to allow me to come on and, you know, thank the, the people in our community for making this such a special day for so many people. Uh, I just got to say, Kachimi Gwich, and, and thank you. Kachimi Gwich for sharing that story, and I know that Elder Chief is very proud and very honored. Uh, you dance for you. him, you dance for all of us. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I, I still like to be known as, uh, although I'm not in politics, my my... I, I did take a lot of pride in being known as Canada's only jigging politician. So <laughs> I, uh, I tell people now I'm Canada's former there you go. jigging politician. So there we go. People seem to like politicians more if they know how to jig. I keep telling people that. So We are celebrating National Indigenous Peoples Day. And with a variety of stories earlier on the show, we spoke with Kevin Chief, who spent some of the day uh, square dancing today. Very touching story about who he's thinking about today. And he's thinking about his late father as well. We continue those stories uh, with a very special guest, Julie. Joining us live on 680 CJOB is Sandra Burling. She's organized a nonprofit beadwork collective. This is for incarcerated Indigenous women who are at the Correctional Centre in Headingley. Uh, the Instagram handle is women helping women underscore beadwork. Good afternoon, Sandra. Thanks for joining us. Hi, good afternoon. How did you find your way into linking buyers of beautiful Indigenous beadwork with women that are incarcerated here at the Headingley Centre um, right here in Manitoba? Um, it really started, uh, my daughter was dating a, a young Indigenous man and his mom actually was incarcerated. And after her sending us a, a few gifts, this was a, a number of years ago, um, I had just asked her if she wanted to sell her beadwork. And of course she did, and it started really small. It was just a teeny Instagram page, a little bit onto Facebook on various sites, and um, just promoting her beadwork. And from there, she just shared um, the, I guess, the possibilities for other ladies. So this particular uh, nonprofit collective is just 
through us and the ladies. It doesn't have anything to do with the correctional center. That's right. So you you just decided to do this. So how do how do the women get the beads? How do you get the bead work? How does it all work? Well, the uh, the women get the beads as a canteen item. So they need money to purchase their beads and their thread or rings to make dream catchers. And once their beadwork is done, they mail it to me. I speak to a variety of ladies daily. Uh, they mail it to me and I clip threads and add hooks and rings and stage the items and put them on the Instagram page and just promote that way. And so from the sales, 100% of their money goes to them. And I just charge the customer for shipping. So I also would, you know, however they want the money. Some people want the money in their trust account. Some people want me to save the money for them. They maybe don't have somebody... Um, in Winnipeg that can um, hold the money for them. So I save it for them for when they're released. I buy them phone bundles. Some women, I buy them clothing for when they're released. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a big, um, um, enjoyable project. Sandra Burling with us on 680 CJOB. Big, enjoyable project. Yes, the money is one thing. Um, the pride, the sense of this is another thing. But I wonder how you got involved in this. And you know what? I'm thinking you're getting a lot out of this as well um, from a spiritual side, aren't you? This is a really important uh, project for me, too. It's uh, it's taught me an incredible amount of of um information on the indigenous people their heritage their culture um i just i had no idea i i um i think i was naive and so just getting to know these ladies and their stories and their friendship and it has it's been uh, a wonderful project for me and the support i mean we we really try to brand ourselves as kindness support and of course, most of all, no judgment. So these ladies bead with pride and they know that their their beadwork is well received. And, you know, there's been probably about six or seven ladies who have been released and I continue to sell their beadwork for them. I'll stop by once a week and pick up their beadwork and do the exact same thing, stage it and and sell it. And our, our Instagram page is actually international now. And I have uh, sold to a number of places, Australia, um, Northern Ireland, Ireland, France. So we've really done well. What has the reaction been from buyers when uh, because you're very upfront? That's how I found you was on a was on an indigenous women's marketplace on Facebook and then followed your Instagram page. And, and I think it's wonderful. These women get an opportunity to express their culture, maybe learn more about their culture, make that money as they look towards a new start and have that pride in saying, I made that and I earned you know, money for doing that, and it's appreciated. But overall, what has the reaction been when somebody finds out, hey, I'm, I'm buying this from someone who's incarcerated? There is uh, a lot of thank yous and um, a, a, a massive amount of support, kindness. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are just grateful that these ladies aren't forgotten. 
you know, they're, they're um, people too who, you know what, really deserve no judgment. So the support has been incredible. Do you see that there's an opportunity for the Correctional Service of Canada to look at, I mean, we're talking about beadwork. It could be could be painting. It could be uh, making moccasins. It could be whatever. But to seize upon this and say, listen, this is an opportunity to provide uh, culturally appropriate um, instruction or um, those kinds of skills and, and allow individuals to reclaim their heritage and perhaps they'll have more successful outcomes when they are released? I think that would be an amazing idea. I don't know how um, successful the bureaucracy of the prison system may stand in the way. I'm not 100% sure. I'm very lucky I don't have to deal with um, with anybody from corrections. So I think it would be an amazing idea um, I've always wanted to, I know the, the men in, the, in Stony Mountain or in Headingley, they, they make star blankets. And I would have loved to try to sell a star blanket, but I don't have connections there. So it was really just through um, meeting Trilai. She's the, she's the lady who ha- all this started, um, Trilai Anderson. So just through meeting her is the reason this project has, has started. So I'm very fortunate that I had um, a connection to get me in the door. And, you know, I, I get phone calls each week from new people who want to try to sell their beadwork. So I think I said this before, I think there's over 30 ladies now that I'm selling beadwork for. It's an amazing story. I'm glad you didn't have to wait for the bureaucracy. Otherwise, you, you're right. You probably would still be waiting. In the meantime, the very best to you, to all of the women who are, are building their lives and, and making those changes uh, one beat at a time. Thanks for sharing the story. Again, um, the Instagram handle is women helping women underscore beadwork. Sandra Burling, thanks for doing what you're doing. It's really making a difference. Thank you. Thank you for your interest and happy Indigenous Peoples Day. So today, when you fire up the old Google machine like that, you will see our next guest's work. Danielle Morrison joins us now live on 680 CJOB. She's the co-creator and co-artist behind the Google Doodle today in honor of National Indigenous Peoples Day. She did the work with her partner, Blake Anjikoneb, who also couldn't join us today, but we wanted to mention that that Blake was part of this as well. Danielle, congratulations and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So cool. Right? Ah, <laughs> oh, and, and I, I noticed right away. I I, I know Norvell Morisot's work, uh, the the Copper Thunderbird from Treaty Three, which you and yes. Blake are also from Treaty Three. Yeah, we're both from Treaty Three. I grew up in Kenora, and Blake grew up in Dryden. So very cool. And of course, uh, I spent a ton of time in Thunder Bay. Norvell had ties to Thunder Bay. So we're familiar oh, with yeah. his it, with his work. And if you haven't, Google Norvell Morisot. So I guess Google reached out to, to Morisot's family. And then ultimately, you get the call to create this Google Doodle? Yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. Pretty overwhelming. 
um, Blake got a call from Corey Dingle. He works with a family on the estate of Norvell Morso. And, I mean, they had a lot of artists that they could have worked with, but settled on Blake and Chikineb because of all of his work sort of modernizing the Woodland School of Art and mixing those pop culture references uh, with Woodland School. And he knew that we were together. Um, and I also do a bit of art. I have my own business. Uh, we have a family together. And uh, Corey and the family just said, we really love what you guys are all about. And we'd love for you to create something for the Google Doodle. And at first, they couldn't really say anything, you know, because NDAs and Google, big corporation. But eventually, uh, they reached out with the official invitation. And we were just floored. So then to see it, I mean, it's one thing to create it and you know what it's going to look like. But then, you know, as you, you no doubt did what I just did, which was put in Google.ca and you see the doodle come up. How has that been for you and for Blake today as we recognize and and celebrate National Indigenous Peoples Day? Yeah, not going to lie. We stayed up till midnight last night (laughs) because that's when the Google doodle actually went live, which is actually quite late for us because we have a three month old baby. And um, it was surreal, honestly, because you you realize how many people are going to see your image, your artwork, um, millions of people across the country. And that's when it just kind of hits you like, wow, this is, you know, reaching so many people. And they're learning about the legacy and life of Norvell Morso, who is just such a an important figure, not only within our Indigenous community, but I think the art community within Canada and also around the world. With Danielle Morrison on 680 CJOB. So tell us about the doodle and what it all means. Well, um, I mean, art's kind of interesting in that way and that you can sort of interpret it in whatever way that you want. I think that's what's so beautiful about paintings and graphics is that it speaks to people. And we really try to capture Norvell's uh, woodland style. And so you'll note that um, the Google logo itself is very abstract, and so it has a lot of references to nature, to animals, uh, and it's in these very bright, vibrant colors that are reminiscent of Norvell's uh, color palette that he used in a lot of his paintings, which were, you know, a lot of primary colors. And then we added some florals around um, the image itself to just give it that really organic, um, natural feel. And the florals, I did myself. They're always inspired by beadwork, uh, things that you would see at powwows. Uh, I grew up in powwow culture, so I was surrounded by, you know, like beautiful colors and beautiful artistry made by um, seamstresses, beadworkers. So there's a lot of inspiration uh, and references to Anishinaabe culture, which is also what Norvell did with a lot of his artwork. It is absolutely stunning. Uh, any word now that the Google Doodle is out there from from Norvell's family, from from the estate? Well, we actually had the opportunity to connect with Norvell's family and the estate, mm-hmm. of course, uh, before it actually went live. And honestly, we didn't really feel right about uh, creating anything without the family's blessing. Um, just given a lot of the controversy around Norvell's paintings, and there's a lot of fakes out there too. You know, there's a documentary um, that had been released in the last five, ten years, and the estate of Norvell Morso was just so wonderful in providing a lot of guidance and, you know, giving that reassurance that this was going to really honor Norvell. 
it is, I, I can't get over it. I'm so glad that you're from Winnipeg now and that we've had a chance to talk. <laughs> I would have loved it anyway. It's even a million times better that, that you and Blake are from here. Thanks for sharing the story. The best to you both in the future and your little one. Uh, more, more big things are definitely on the way. How can people find your work and Blake's work? Yeah, for sure. So you can find us on Instagram. Um, you can search my name, Danielle H. Morrison, or you can search Blake's name, Blake Anchikinab. And we also invite people to visit the website officialmorso.com to learn about Norvell and his life and his legacy. Oh, that's so gracious of you. Thanks for joining us, Danielle. The very best to you, Blake and the little one. And happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Chimigwech. Thank you so much. The News on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham.